0: Good morning. Morning. (laughs) Advent three. Don't they go by in a blink? Yeah. Would you stand with me and let's read from Matthew. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. I thank you for the power that is in your word, for the, the, the light and the life that are in your word. And I pray that you would quicken us through the power of the Holy Spirit so that we might receive it. Father, help us not to, not to just receive with, with our natural ears, Lord God, because that doesn't bear any fruit. But help us to receive into our spirits what you want to say. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Uh, how many of you know how many of you are aware that uh, God is true to his word? He's yeah always and and, uh, and and the word of encouragement that came forth just a few moments ago uh basically it, it's a reminder i i've I really came in here today thinking that if you only leave with one thing today, leave with this, God is is true to his word. He is faithful to his word. Uh, All of the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, all of them contain this verse. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And so if you you can imagine there being no earth, (laughs) uh, if you can imagine there being no heavens, there being no... Uh, no firmament, if you, if you can imagine those things, you still can't imagine God's word passing away because it's more faithful than those things are. Uh, although usually we are just the flip of that. I can't imagine, the earth being gone, but boy, I, 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 can, I can imagine it not working out for me. Why is it always me? Why is it always happening? Come on, guys. God's word, he's, he is true and he's faithful to his word regardless of what the circumstances look like. Regardless, uh, he, t- he told Abraham that he was, he was going to have a son. And uh, Abraham was an old man, and he was married to an old woman. And uh, they had been married for a very long time, because when the son finally came, uh, Abraham was 99, Sarah was 80, 90. No, she was 90. Yeah, you wouldn't marry somebody 19 years younger. Uh, but uh, she, she, was, she was 90, and uh, there were so many reasons why this was impossible. I mean for one thing they I don't know we don't know when they got married okay but it had been decades and obviously this just didn't work for them so somehow or another uh Abraham and Sarah in the natural just they they were barren that's 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 all there was to it and and then there was that age thing I mean 99 for Abraham maybe that works I don't know but I don't know you know 90 year old woman <laughs> okay but God is true to his word. And so the child came, not not in a natural way, obviously. Obviously this was a a miracle. God God gave Joseph, not not the one we were reading about today, but the the son of Jacob, dreams. And he told him uh, in in the dreams, your your brothers are all going to come and bow down to you. And not only that, not only will your brothers bow down to you, your mother and father are going to bow down to you. Now, uh, if you've only got one brother, that may not be too big a deal, but if you've got 11, that's that's a pretty big deal, and they're all going to come and bow down to you, and this is God's word to you. Uh, and yet, it didn't look very possible after he moved. <laughs> you see, it, 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 it was a forced move. He he didn't just decide, well, you know, I think I'll go to Egypt because I, I, I hear that the girls are prettier there. No, it, it, his brothers... Uh sold him into slavery, and so he's in slavery in Egypt. Everybody else is back in Israel, and it wasn't like it is today. That wasn't you know, a, a few minutes on an airplane or, or even a few hours in a car. He was never going to see them again. Never going to see them again. And not only that, after he got to Egypt, things were going pretty well for him until he was falsely accused and thrown into prison. And not too many people in prison get bowed down to. Other folks, and so he's never going to see his family again. He's in prison and likely never going to get out again. And God has made this promise to him. Which one will prevail? The circumstances are God's word. God's word. But when God told Moses, "Go back to go back to Egypt, and you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna deliver my people. You're gonna lead them out of out of bondage." You know that that all sounds pretty good. While the the bush is burning and not being consumed, and while the the stick is turning into a snake and turning back into a stick and all these things. Are, that, that sounds great. But then you get there and Pharaoh goes, ha! Well, let's just see if everybody can make bricks without straw. And not only that, my guys can do the same tricks that you're doing. It gets a little discouraging at times. And and, and that was just there. That wasn't, you know, with, with, with Pharaoh's armies chasing them and no food and no water and all that. But God is always faithful and true to his word. God told David that he was going to, that he was going to be king over Israel, that he would, he, would, he would shepherd, he would shepherd the people of Israel, and yet that kind of gets uh, that that's hard to to believe when the king is throwing spears at you and when Uh, when he's ordered people to to take your life and you're running from him and you're having to leave the country and you sneak back into the country and you got to get back out of the country again and things like that. But God is faithful to his word. Now my question to you is, what's going on in your life? Anybody been sold into slavery and thrown into prison? Anybody had, had, uh, had the authorities try, trying to kill, got the authorities trying to kill them now? Anybody 90 years old expecting? <laughs> Whatever it is going on, you need to understand that, that God, God keeps His word. All of His promises are yes and amen. You're never going to let. Never going to let me down. I love how low Will gets on that song. You know, it's kind of, whoa, yeah. And all of his prophecies are also yes and amen. Now, God, God keeps his secrets. God's got his state secrets, and it's a good thing that he does. You know, sometimes you might think, well, why didn't he just come right out and say, well, this or that's going to happen and this is going to happen? Well, in retrospect, you look at it and go, well, he did, didn't he? But you don't want it to be too clear coming into it because, you know, the devil can read. And if he knows exactly, you know, what's supposed to happen and when it's supposed to happen, he, you know, he might not be able to stop it, but he can, he can mess with it and he and he can mess with us. Sure so God God does this, God does this thing. He does this, this prophecy thing that is that is so cool because he says it in such a way that you get on the other side of it and you go, well, yeah. And, but you're on this side of it, and you kind of go, hmm. And so is the devil. You know, the devil's kind of going, hmm. But he does reveal some things about about, about his son and about him coming. Uh, first of all, who and how. Uh, he was born of a virgin said over in Isaiah, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with a child, be with child, and will give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And if you remember last week, the, the meaning of his coming was to show us what God actually looks like because we've had a pretty messed up picture of God. And many of us still have a pretty messed up picture of God. Well, he, he looks like Jesus. He, he acts like Jesus. He does what Jesus did. Uh, but he was going to be born to a to a virgin, uh, and this was hinted at back in Genesis chapter three, where God said a very curious thing after after the fall. He, he said that the seed of woman would come and and crush the serpent's head. Seed of woman that that is that is a strange phrasing, that, that's a curious phrasing because that I don't think it's used anywhere else in Scripture, and it's not something that you that you generally hear because the the seed generally comes through through the man but this is going to be the the seed the, the seed of woman. Well, this was necessary so that so that Christ while he came and he was fully human, he was ful, fully one of us, he wasn't, he wasn't born into sin. He wasn't born of the line of, of of Adam. He wasn't he wasn't born already under condemnation. And you know, you don't have to believe in the virgin birth. Uh, that's that's not on the that's not on the test when, when you get there. But why wouldn't you? I mean, seriously, why, why wouldn't you? If he can open the eyes of the blind, if he can walk on water, if he can turn uh, water into wine, if he can raise the dead, you got a problem with a virgin birth? You know, and, you, and you may go, well, I don't know about some of those other things. I mean, that, do you believe God raised him from the dead? Because if you don't, then you're not a believer. Because that, that is the central tenet. That's, that's where you've got to go. If you believe God raised Christ from the dead, then why would you have a problem believing that his mama was a virgin? That he was born in a way that no one else had ever been born in before. I I you know, I I believe in it. I just I just I just wondered, you know, uh but you see, the, and a lot of people have, have a problem with that. A lot of people argue about this and they go, well, you know, that word actually could be a young woman, doesn't necessarily have to be a virgin. Well, in Isaiah, it doesn't necessarily have to be a virgin. But the, the Gospels tell us that he was born of a virgin to fulfill that verse. And so if you go along with the New Testament, then you have to go, well, yeah, that's what that means. Is that? Is that? It's a virgin. But you see, it's a kind, It's 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 couched in such a way that the devil can kind of look at it and go, hmm. Young girl, virgin. What? Hmm. There's a whole bunch of those around. And uh, but on, but on the other side of it, you can see it. And also, he, he, he said where. And and I and I love this because he put it in Micah. I love the minor prophets. I love the minor prophets not only because they're little bitty books and you can get through them real quickly, but but I also like them because uh, you you come across things in it you go oh that's where that is wow okay it's 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 right there uh, well Micah five two but you Bethlehem Ephrathah though you are small among the clans of Judah out of you will come for me one who will. Be ruler over Israel whose origins are from of old, from of ancient times. Kind of go, ah, well, now he said exactly where it was going to be there, right? Yeah, but he said it in Micah. You know, the devil don't read Micah much. (laughs) Neither neither do do we, quite frankly. You know, the wise men, (laughs) when the wise men came to, to Jerusalem and said, where is the one born to be king of the Jews? You know th- these foreigners who followed signs to come to, to to the birth and come to worship the king. Where is the one born to be king of the Jews? And everybody's uh, where? Where is? I don't know. Where, where is he supposed to be? Where is he supposed to be born? Does anybody know where he's supposed to be born? It's only been in their scriptures for hundreds of years. In fact, it had been because but it had been buried in Micah. Now, if it had been in Isaiah. Or Jeremiah, or something like that, and probably everybody going, "Oh, I know where it is. Down the road there, Bethlehem. Just go south five miles, and there, there you, you'll find it." But no, they had to they had to go get some uh, some prophecy geeks and bring them in and go, "Where is he supposed to be born?" Well, it says in the prophet Micah. And 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 he was born in Bethlehem, and Bethlehem, and, that, and that, that's perfect. That goes right along with Micah, because not only was it forgotten, forgotten, forgetting, I just said forgetting, <laughs> Woo! Not only a forgotten prophecy, but but kind of a forgotten sort of place, a sort of out of the way kind of place. It was known as the city of David because it was the ancestral home of David, and it was where it was where when uh, when Samuel came to anoint him king. Uh, he, he anointed him king there, but uh little bitty town hadn't grown much. You know, had, it was like Smyrna back in the 60s. You yeah, know, it wasn't really, wasn't really known for anything. and It was just down the road. Do you know God delights to use the small and insignificant and overlooked? He, he delights to use that to confound the things that we look at as as great and magnificent, and we have, to, we, have to, uh, we have to look at them. We have to see them. In fact, uh, it says over, Paul wrote to the Corinthians, and he said this, God chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. We, uh, we all have a sense of delight and in, in, uh, in seeing David defeat Goliath. We all have a sense of delight in, in the story where the, where the underdog wins, where where the, one, where the one who can't be beaten gets beaten, where the, uh, where, where the small and the weak defeat the, the strong and the mighty. We, we love those stories, unless we happen to be the strong and the mighty, which we frequently are, but we don't really think of ourselves in that way. We, we love those kind of stories, and so does God. So does God. He, he uses, when, when Samuel went to anoint David, king over Israel, David's brothers passed before him beforehand, and and the first few Samuel goes, this has got to be him. This has got to be him. Uh, this guy looks like, what, what's, uh, who's Thor? Uh, Chris? Uh, huh? Helmsworth? Yes. Oh, that's a good-looking guy. I'm going tell you, he's got, that, he's got that kind of almost Australian accent. It's just, yeah, yeah, that's who we want for king. Well, that's Saul. Yeah. And God said, don't consider his outward appearance. That's what man looks at. God looks on the inside. He looks, he looks at the heart. Those things that are kind of tacky a little bit, shabby, uh, you know, tawdry kind of things, kind of like Charlie Brown's Christmas. Yeah, I uh, I'm wearing my uh, Snoopy shoes today in honor of this slide. I, I I am old enough that, and there's probably a half a dozen of you in here who might fit this as well. I saw this the first time it came on television. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, oh, Oh, there's more than a half a dozen. Okay, saw this the first time it came on television. You know what? You don't see, you didn't see reruns in those days, because they just didn't do them. And this thing almost didn't make it on television because when they took it to the producers, they went, "Really? You know, that's uh, that music. That's just a piano. You do know that, right? You know, and and that animation. You know, the mouth is going, and all these words are coming out of it. Well, it's just, you know." And it's kind of it's kind of silly, and and I remember watching, and then and then Linus Linus comes out, and uh, and he says, "I can tell you what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown." There were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flocks by night, you know. And and I remember watching it, and I don't I don't remember how old I was. I probably should have looked this up and seen what year it came out, but I remember watching it, and I remember thinking, first of all, that's just a piano. Uh, and then, and then thinking, uh, that's pretty crummy animation. And uh, and then when Linus came out, thinking everybody knows that, I, that's what I thought. And if you saw it, you probably thought that as well. <laughs> God is just kind of going, <laughs> I'm going to turn this into a cultural icon. I'm going to beautify this thing and make it gorgeous. Margaret and I watched it this uh, this week. It's kind of put kind of put me in mind of it, but I I'd had this I'd had this hankering to uh, to see it over the last week or so. And you know, and as and as I watched it, it just there's just this, this this grace just enters your soul. Kind of go, this is a whole lot better than walking through the mall. This is a whole lot better than all the stuff going on. There's just this sense of peace that comes with it. And not only that, when Linus comes out and he goes, there were in the, in the field shepherds keeping watch over their flocks by night, and lo, the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were sore afraid. You know, Most of the people watching it go, that's, is that what that, did you know that? Is that what that's? they don't know anymore. It, it's, it's, it's a light for our culture. And God took this, this, this crummy little show, quite frankly, and, w- and made it so that when you say its name in public, people go, Oh, oh God delights to do that stuff. And, and, but, and so Bethlehem, oh, you know, Micah. Oh, little Micah. He's got his little prophecy about little Bethlehem over here. But, but it, it gets a little more confusing because he, he God threw, threw a knuckleball at, at the enemy, and he put some confusing stuff in Isaiah, which everybody was going to read. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Nephtali. But in the future... He will honor Galilee of the Gentiles by way of the sea along the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Well, now, which, is it Bethlehem? Is it, is it Galilee? Where, where, uh, you know, where, where is he actually? You know, I, I'm probably going to have to go with the big prophet, you know, rather than the little prophet. But the truth of the matter is, the answer is yes. Yes, it's both. He was born in one, he was raised in the other. Uh, God, here's a footnote, but it kind of it fits in here. God uses the great of this world to bring about things for his purposes. You know why they were in Bethlehem, right? They were in Bethlehem because Caesar Augustus issued a decree that all of the world should be taxed and that a census should be taken of the people. And so to the Jews that meant you got to go back to your hometown and that's, was, so that's why they were there. Caesar Augustus, it comes out in the news, Caesar Augustus today issued a decree. Everyone is to be taxed oh, and a census is to be taken. Everyone needs to go back to their hometown, you know, and everybody's going, this is about, this is about taxes, this is about since that's Caesar Augustus, you know. Uh, this is about Messiah being born where he's supposed to be born. And the reason that they went back was because a man named Herod the Great tried to kill him, and he had to leave there and ultimately go back that way. God uses the, the, the great of this world, and, and you look at it and you kind of go, Oh well, I know what that's all about. I know what they're doing. No, you don't. No, you don't. See, God uses these things, and so as things as as you watch things transpire in the world, there's this there's this tendency for us to go, well, I don't like that, and that's okay. If you don't like that, that's fine. Or, or that's about this, or that. God's in control. God's got it, and he and he takes the great and mighty of this world, and uses them for purposes they don't have a clue about. Well, what else uh, about Messiah? You know, technology is kind of cool today. When people are are getting ready to have a baby, if they want to, you know, they can know beforehand, is it a boy or a girl? What color do I paint? What color do I need to paint the room? What kind of clothes do I need to get? What, uh, you know, do we buy... um, uh, whatever it is girls play with or or do we buy trucks you know and 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 stuff and, and you know what what should we do and uh and probably it, it's probably already here if if we want to know you can probably also know well this is what color hair that it's going to have what color eyes it's going to have how tall it's going to end up being you know this and that there are things that it can't that dna can't tell you though you yeah, know and' we'll never be able to tell you uh. But God told us about Messiah that He would be great. He would be great. When 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 uh, when Gabriel came and appeared to Mary, <coughs> He said to her, "He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High." And it was already it wasn't said in in, in that concise a manner, but it was said in so many words already by the prophet Isaiah. To us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace. There will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. Take that, devil. We'll we'll give you that one right up front. No, no, no confusion on that one, you see. It's gonna come and he's going to it's going to be great and he's going to reign. You know, DNA can't tell you, will this one obey or disobey? Will this one be able to sing or this one not be able to? Uh-uh. You know, there's some things that are still mysteries and will continue to be mysteries, but this is a mystery unveiled. And oh, that He would come now. Oh, that He would come now. That was part of the word that came forth this morning as well. I'm coming. You know, there's there's the uh, there's the encouragement. There's there's what you need to know. Whoever whoever is in power now, whether you like them or don't like them, they're not going to stay. And if you didn't like the last one, he didn't stay. If you don't like this one, he's not going to stay. If you don't like the next that that one's not going to stay either. Uh, but Christ is coming, and He'll come. Bring peace. <clears throat> you know, I—it's uh, it, hard to think about it. So I, I, well, I, I just can't get my mind around it. But there are millions of people in the world right now, right, right this minute, who just a short while ago had homes had jobs had had children had some sense of stability in their lives and nothing they did now they don't have homes they don't have jobs they don't have a country they don't, they may not have children anymore and and you know, and it's uh, that is so far removed from what I know fr- from my experience in life. But man, I, just, to, just to even conceive of that is ah. Uh, and yet, I know it's true. I know it's true. And, and all because there's no peace. You'll come, and there will be peace, and there will be justice. Unrighteousness. I hate. I hate courtrooms. I hate courtrooms. I, I, you know, I, I've. Uh, I, I'm never really been in one except on a traffic ticket for myself. But you know, I've been there for others at times, and I've been there uh, sometimes to testify, and sometimes just to just to encourage and support, and sometimes just to, just to watch. And when I was young and stupid, and I'm just I'm saying that absolutely truthfully. We we go down to night court because it's fun. Watch the show, yeah, you know. Uh, uh-uh. uh. I, I I'd rather go to the dentist than go watch court right now. I, I mean, I I just I just would. And the reason why is because you have no idea what's going to happen. None whatsoever. Yeah. Wouldn't it be wonderful to have a judge? Who seasoned everybody's heart. And he doesn't have to depend on any testimony to know what happened. Who knows it all and judges justly. Oh, the only scary thing about that is <laughs> when it's my case. <laughs> but he's 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 got that fixed too. The fix is in, okay? For those who uh, for those who know him and believe in him. And forever. He, he, he will do this forever. Uh, you know, when Jesus returns, there will never be another election. Hallelujah! When Jesus returns, there will never, there will never be another, another election. That's, uh, that, that's, that's just so cool. We read it today. He will save his people from their sins. How? Well, he was wounded for our transgressions; he was bruised for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. By his stripes we are healed. Who are his people? I, I, I was I was reading, <laughs> I was reading in uh, Acts this morning. Actually, Paul's giving his uh, his defense. He's in he's in Jerusalem. And there's a riot because he's there, and he's in, and the people are wanting him killed. And the Roman soldiers come and they get him, and they're going to take him uh, in. And he says, "Can I talk to the people?" And the guy says, "Yeah, you can. You can say a few words." And he starts saying a few words, and he says, "Look, you know, I used to be just like all y'all. I I mean, if anybody wants to testify about it, I, I I was a faithful follower of the law. I persecuted those who followed the way of." Of Christ, I even got I even got uh, uh, papers from the chief priest here to go to Damascus and have people thrown into prison. But on the way to Damascus, this thing happened, and something came along that I, that I that I really only noticed today for the first time. Though I went, well, I've only read this a few hundred times. Uh, he said, uh, th- "This bright light shone, and it." it came down on me and this voice came up and it says, why are you persecuting me? Who are you? I'm Jesus whom you're persecuting. Now get up and go on into Damascus because I'm going to send you to all of the people. I'm going to send you to all people. And everything is just moving right along. And then he gets gets a little further down the road and he says, and I came back to Jerusalem and I was in the temple and I had another vision. And I was told, I'm going to send you as a light to the Gentiles. Ah! And, and suddenly the the, the the riot starts up again, and uh, kill him, take him away, we rid the earth of this guy. We don't have a problem with all people, we got a problem with those people. Once they get identified, once we put a name to see as long as it's generic, all people, oh yes, all people, you know, oh, not those. We're just like the Jews. So who, is, who are these people of his that he came to save from their sins? To all who received him, who believed on his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of a natural descent, nor of a human decision, nor of a husband's will, not born in the normal way, but born of God. And if you're one of those, if you're one of those who have received him, you're his people. And he has saved you from, from, from your sins. And if that neighbor that you don't like has received him, they're his people. He saves them from their sins. If that, if that ethnic group that you got a problem with, any of them, have received, they're his people. He saves them from their sins. You know, if, that, if, if, if you don't like old people or you don't like young people or you don't like some people, you know, if they have received him and believed on his name, he has saved them from their sins. And the fix is in because God's word is true. He is faithful to his word. This is the word of the Lord. Not only is he faithful to his prophecies, he's faithful to his promises. They are yes and Amen.